0: hey i'm mccoy here and you are listening to the solar panel
2: hello Welcome, everybody. No, I'm just messing around. Hello. Welcome, everybody, <laughs> into another edition of the Sun Solar Panel. Whether you're watching us <laughs> on YouTube or Facebook or listening to us on the podcast, wherever you get podcasts, we are very happy to have you, the Flaming Ballers, along with us. I am Greg Esposito, your host. Ahoy, hoy. Alongside me, as always, the Silver Fox, the man uh, that, uh, you know, gets. Uh, it's fine every once in a while on this show because he doesn't exactly have a silver tongue it's uh it's Dave king dave how are you man
1: good morning <laughs> jerk
2: fair enough and uh, the the man <laughs> underneath the it is the <laughs> it is the carmel thunder from down under it is the one and only Saul Bookman spinning the tunes in the show open. Saul, how are you? I know I'm good right? man That's you know, like
1: groovy tunes man it was
0: it was a rough night last night, man. You know, I don't know if it's just you know a lot of stress and anxiety or what, but man, I couldn't sleep at all last night, and it' the was fact
2: excitement. That-
0: was it excitement for
2: what? Excited we haven't overtaken a, like a week yeah. <laughs> for the show. You can <laughs> hang out for a group therapy session with all right. our friends in the chat. And right. that's what
0: we're
1: here for. That that
0: is definitely contributing to my anxiety for sure. Okay. Yeah, you're right. <laughs>
1: That the the friends in the chat are going to do group therapy, that's contributing to your anxiety?
0: (laughs) No, that you guys, that I have to talk to you guys, that's what's contributing to my anxiety.
2: (laughs) I I can see that. I I am uh, kind of brutal to you and Dave, so my apologies, and uh, at least I'm keeping your therapist employed. And we're already off
0: to a rousing start this morning because somebody just said I have a big-ass forehead. Like, well, that's true all right because you, cool. you don't wear the hat anymore. therapy thank you yeah <laughs> I mean, you, you didn't know say it was I, good therapy I, I said you know i was gonna get my hair cut and you know and now somebody says i have a, a big ass forehead so is, you know you went to asu well, shut up not
1: like the hair <laughs> it's not like the haircut actually made your forehead bigger it was always big <laughs> No, no, it was
0: big. He,
2: he asked him to trim extra along the forehead <laughs> yeah. so get that. Actually, you know what I happened? I knew a guy like
1: that one Back
0: in the day, Um, I got hit by a rock right here in the middle of my forehead. So my hairline kind of indents. And so I make them take it back to the tip of that. <laughs> no, that, seriously, real seriously. talk. Otherwise, what? it'd be about right down here. So I'm, I'm not, I'm oh. not
2: making funny. You. you just got I'm what just we saying. like, I'm just what what like to refer time. to as a Kaminsky head. and, and head instead of a love forehead. your
0: forehead the way it is. Uh, Hakeem, so, Elijah, Hakeem Elijah dome over here. All right.
2: I mean, it's not like we <laughs> have basketball Elijah. to talk about. So let's just keep talking about Saul's forehead for 45 minutes. Why not? Uh Speaking our of not having basketball.
0: sponsor is going to be right here. Here you go. There you go. I love it. There's and, plenty of uh, room for it.
2: We could get, like a we could get two uniform, or three get sponsors. sponsors. I will never,
0: ever not wear a hat again. Here we go. <laughs>
2: so. I mean, we could talk about Saul's forehead because there isn't basketball to talk about because of the freaking Washington Wizards. Thank you very much. Okay, Monday night, not only do the Suns have to take a beatdown from the Washington Wizards, but then they lose three more games not on the court. But they get get yeah, the new Washington Wizards logo here, everybody. It's the uh, DC COVID. You this is a, yeah, can you? I mean seriously, the NBA super spreader right now. Anybody that's around the Washington Wizards at any point is now in isolation. And I don't understand the NBA. The contact tracing was really easy. I actually think we have the contact oh, tracing yeah. that the NBA did. There it yeah, is. it was that simple. You look at the Suns <laughs> roster and they played Washington. That simple, right? <laughs> right there, uh, that's how we knew that they had had to go into COVID protocol. Luckily, everything we've heard, all the reports are that none of the sons have tested positive for COVID yet, but the league protocols, at least when it comes to everybody but Washington, uh, it says that you have to go, I believe, five to seven days uh, without anybody having it, and that's why we've seen these games delayed, but what bothers me the most and, and is the fact that Bradley Beal was supposedly in the the protocol for about two days, and then they let him out. I don't understand why he was let out of the protocol. Now he's one of the Wizards, reportedly, that has tested positive for COVID. The NBA has a problem, and it's not just that COVID's spreading like wildfire. It's the fact that they don't even have their standards set up where it's equal across the board and that bothers me the most because right now the only thing that that seemed to be able to stop the suns was not playing and the washington wizards made that happen
0: i said last week on this very show that nothing nothing leaves dc unscathed (laughs) (laughs) nothing and that absolutely came to fruition
1: when any anyone who's paying any kind of attention Realized that playing against Washington Wizards on Monday night was going to be a problem days before the game actually happened. You just got to slap yourself on the forehead and say, "What? What is the NBA doing?" And now the Suns are paying for it. It's just—it's ridiculous. All of us could have predicted this. Every single one of us could have predicted this.
2: Everybody did. Go look back at yeah. Twitter. Everybody did. Uh, yeah. I don't. I just don't understand how the league didn't look at Washington and go this is problematic. We should shut them down so we don't have to shut down numerous teams. And that's that's the unfortunate reality of what happened. And now the question is, do the Suns wind up replaying those three games? When are they going to fit it in? Is it in the second half of the schedule, which now makes that second half of the schedule even more difficult because you're jamming another three games into what's already going to be compact? It becomes very problematic for a
1: team well, think,
0: that has hopes of making the playoffs. Well, I think that's the reason why they did the schedule the way they did, is <laughs> yeah. to give themselves some leeway so they could they could you know catch up on, on the back half Of Whatever games were canceled and maybe potentially even extend the season a week or two um, just to make up give teams a time to not have to cram like four or five games in about six or seven days. So I think that's the, the exact reason why we saw the schedule released the way it was. And so the NBA knew that this was a possibility. They knew this could happen. And that's why they scheduled the way they did. And Shams talked about it on our show um, a a couple months back about the flexibility that the NBA wanted to have on the back half of their schedule for this very reason. They knew this was going to happen to someone, sometime, some way. And here it is. Well, I I get the flexibility, but they're also very concerned about the Olympics.
2: And I feel like the only way that they're really going to give enough time in that second half of the schedule is if the Olympics get canceled because then they don't have to worry about that date. Like there's this artificial date that everything has to be done by right now. So players can participate in the Olympics. I think they need to give up that dream so they can complete this season in a way that makes sense for every team, especially the ones that are being impacted right now, because look, I'm not an expert. We know that I definitely went to college for almost eight years, but that had nothing to do with trying to become a doctor. Uh, That was, just poor learning skills,
1: but <laughs> he was you the know, uh, liberal arts degree and it <laughs> took you eight years to get there. Yeah.
2: Look, you so, uh, know, it, it only took four and a half, but f- anyways, look, look, I'm not a doctor, but I don't think we're anywhere near out of the woods and the meat of this NBA schedule is going to be going on while we're still having a problem in this country. And they're going to need, a, I think a decent amount of time. I think they need to just say, look, even if the Olympics are played, we're gonna send the amateurs. We're not gonna send pros because first and foremost is getting this NBA season done, done in a fair manner and, and letting these teams well, compete the way they need to.
1: Uh a comment, a person in the comment bees, uh, asked does the NBA do flex scheduling like the NFL? And here's the thing. The NFL has a week between games. So you have lots of time to be moving your games around like the NFL. They move some games to Tuesdays, some games to Thursdays. Well, the Suns will already have other games scheduled for them. (laughs) Same with the rest of the league. So that's just the way, that's just the way uh, the problem with the NBA is.
2: Look, I, I, I am quite concerned at the fact that we finally look at a Suns team and we go, could be a top four team in the West. And then you know what? A global pandemic <sighs> tries to destroy yeah. it. You know,
1: anything no, actually, and everything the that can be get thinking. So for some reason I feel like the Suns should be thanking the global pandemic for where they are today because they were able to be one of the few teams who could focus in the bubble. They went 8-0. There was no distractions and that kind of god they wouldn't have Chris Paul if it weren't for that. I actually yes. uh think that there's some positives for the Suns that but came out
2: true, of But In true Suns fashion, they take what is giveth is taken away too and by the same by the same force because I, They were rolling, and I wonder what this what this potential Mm. or what this stoppage potentially does to that because they were trying to find chemistry. And yes, they had a rough patch uh, against the wizards in that game last Monday, but they were starting to try to find chemistry. They're trying to define themselves and then a step back. Maybe the break has a positive impact because they don't have to try to figure out why they got hit so hard in Washington there. But this is this is just a, another weird break. And one thing I wanted to ask you guys that that is connected to this is Chris Paul not off to uh, the the best of starts. I, I'm not gonna rip him. Lot lot going on, but I wonder how much do the peripheral things as the head of the players union having to deal with the uh, the pandemic, trying to figure out, you know. Do they expand rosters? All these questions that come with being the the head of uh, of the players uh, union from a player's side does that distract him from trying from what he's trying to accomplish? Does it add just another uh, difficult layer to what already is tough trying to adjust to a new city, a new team during a global pandemic?
0: No, I don't think so at all. I mean, Chris Paul's yes. been around the block a million times. You know, you, I mean, think about this. Okay. We, we see the stuff on the surface level. Okay. It's always the surface level. So that's why people can react the way they want to react and overreact mainly. Uh, these guys got endorsement things that they they got to do. They got other engagements they got to do. They got private engagements they got to do, whether it be Zoom or not, you know, or in person. Like, they got other commitments. It's not just ball and die. You know what I mean? Like, they got families. They got other things that they got to worry about. So, like, this rubbish about, like, oh, is his mind on it and everything? Like, oh, get out of here with that mess. It, it, <laughs> no. They have other things. Everybody has other things in life. You're still able to do your job. Granted, we're not, you know, insane athletes running up and down the court, but, you know, hey, crunching numbers is almost just important, right, Dave? You big baller. Yeah. <laughs> Crunching
1: numbers is the only important thing. Uh, Somebody in the comments commented, this is like another mini training camp. It's actually not. I think all the players are social distancing this week, and so I don't think anyone has picked up a basketball uh, with their teammates around. Uh, They're probably individually working out. What we can hope for, though, is the campaign actually uh, gets healthy again because that actually seemed to derail the Sun's um, uh, motorboat there or train on the tracks or whatever it is. Yeah, don't don't go there with the motorboat. Thing <laughs> you said it's <laughs> not don't. me. You I don't know what I was thinking. Banana, <laughs> boat. Did, yeah, banana, banana boat. That a banana boat. There you go. Yeah, there you go.
0: There. The yeah. well, to Tempe bumpy Town bumpy. Lake
1: banana <laughs> boat. New, new rule: We are we are banning
2: the banana boat from mention on the program. Can I get a Can I get a second vote on that so we can sustain it here, Saul? So, yeah. All right, no oh, more banana gosh. boat mentions on the program. Would you like to right, continue no motorboating, Dave? <laughs> all, right.
1: all right. So anyway, Thank God. Hey, you that know what? So, hey,
0: I, 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 let me ask you guys. <laughs> oh, my What was worse? The fact that we have gone a couple days without the Suns playing or their performance on Monday?
1: Oh, man. That performance on Monday felt like they were worried about getting COVID the whole time, huh? Man, it was. They were staying as far good. away from the Wizards players as possible. I think DeAndre Ayton is guaranteed to be healthy with how much space he was given. all the Wizards players. Yeah. Oh, here Look. We <laughs> Look, had you, there had we go. Had you
2: guys not read the CDC recommendations, it was six feet or 30 points that you have to remain away from others. So the Suns <laughs> were 30 points away from the Wizards. I, that's why nobody's tested positive yet. I, uh, that's, that's why it was that way. Look, I, I miss watching it, uh, obviously, but – it was a nice palate cleanser after after watching whatever that was uh, on Monday night against the Wizards. It was just kind of like, okay, I can mentally walk away from this for a week now, and hopefully come back because look, Suns Twitter and, and Suns fans in general were in a very dark place Monday night. It was not, <laughs> it was not a good place to be. All yeah, right, yeah, and yeah, so and then it. And then it sparked a Tuesday that was even worse, Uh, which we'll get to the topic as to why it was worse. Uh, Let's let's get into it right now. I believe DeAndre Ayton was why it was worse. (laughs) and We got back into the same conversation we had and look. I believe the argument was Deandre Ayton didn't do enough to keep COVID away from the Suns against the wizards or something like that. But it was just the same argument that he's not aggressive enough, that he was the reason that they lost by 30 points. Like there's, there's, there's this back and forth. Like it feels like nobody can have middle ground when it comes to Deandre Ayton. And I don't get it. You can't, you don't have to be entrenched on one side or the other. I'm going to, I'm no. going to say this directly to the camera. DeAndre Ayton's offense is leaving something to be desired. He has been a disappointment on that end of the floor this year uh, because of high expectations due to the fact that he was number one. He's not Luka, obviously, and that's problematic because you could have picked him. And it looks like he's regressed offensively because he can't catch the ball. He's not scoring as well. He's taken a step back. But that does not mean on the other side of things that he isn't an impactful player on the defensive end of the floor and a big reason why they've had success on that end of the floor. And that's why I think there's middle ground here, because at some point you have to let go of the fact that he was the number one pick. I get it. It's frustrating. But you you can't go all or nothing on either side of it. You have to acknowledge both sides, and that's where I think people are forgetting things when they go all in on this, and, and they they spiral out of control like we have on both sides.
0: I, I, I'm a perfect example of that. I, Dave, you and I have gotten into uh, several debates about, uh, about DA's performance, and I've always defended him for yeah. the most part. However... There is, no def- there is no defending the way he is he's playing on offense. There isn't. When you catch the ball at the top of the yeah. key with nobody around you and you kind of pump fake and kind of look for the other option instead of just taking a couple dribbles and pulling up for a little jumper or floater or trying to dunk it, that's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. And that does show, to your point, Espo, a, a bit of regression. And it's also a mentality. You know, I, I think what we saw at the U of A, when he was playing for Arizona was he didn't he didn't really try to defer to anybody unless he knew he was double or triple teamed but one on one he never hesitated he went at that person and when he got to the NBA for whatever reason i don't know if it's because he knows that booker is the the alpha dog on the team and now chris paul is too i don't know what's going on but he needs to stop he needs to stop deferring to everybody else. When he gets those one-on-one situations, he needs to just beast these dudes and go at them. But he's not. I don't know what's going on in his head. I wish I knew. If I did, I'd probably be maybe making more money than all of us combined right now. All
1: right. <laughs> hey, Duke hey Duke now. said he's been waiting for this, and now he's throwing in a ch- trade of Aiden for Jarrett Allen look in a future first it, it, look get no, out of no, here, put Jeff. the trade no. thing on the
2: side no. guys it no. would, not not you Dave I'm saying we can talk about the the reality if oh, if yeah. they're going to think about trading him but I just it, it's just there's there's more meat on this bone like when you mm-hmm. when you look at this like is it possible and I, I want to know this from both of you that Deandre Ayton um, – maybe everybody's right here. Maybe he isn't aggressive enough on the offensive end, but is it possible to not be aggressive enough on the offensive end? And be aggressive on the defensive end because I don't feel like he's passive on the defensive end. No, I don't. I think feel so like he chose yeah. aggression there.
1: <laughs> so, the thing is, he's trying not to make mistakes. That's the thing on defense. He knows he's the last line of defense. He knows what he's doing. He knows his role on defense. Well, Chris it's Paul on- also told him that he
0: is the the leader on the defense because he yeah. anchors everything. I don't know if anybody's ever told him that for the offensive side.
1: Well, and they shouldn't because he shouldn't be a leader on offense. He's the center. He's got to receive the ball. He's got to do something. I think he's just afraid to make mistakes. He is a he is so afraid to make mistakes. He's he's into he's just freezing up when he gets the ball. <coughs> I think that's I just, obviously a problem. He needs to work through it.
0: I disagree with the the notion that he shouldn't be a leader on the offense. He's one. Of, he should be in, in on paper, right? He should be the third best offensive option we have. And and he's fifth. He's fifth. Right He's not now. even close to that. And 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 I've said since the beginning of the season, if Da doesn't find a 20, 15, 25, and ten level, this Suns team is is going to be middle of the pack in the top eight of the West. They they well, just will.
2: Uh, and. The, the problem with D.A. not stepping up is that you live and die by Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges offensively right now, which is, is a lot to put, on, uh, to put on Cam Johnson, who's only in his second year and still trying to figure out what he is in the long run here. So that's why you have such uneven play. You look at it and the games that those two guys, at least one of them, doesn't do something and do something big. They struggle, which was the case in Washington, and then uh, you know that that's what happens when DA isn't isn't engaged on the offensive side and doesn't go all in on it. Now I name drop a lot on this show, but this time I'm going to name drop and audio drop because I got a fun new toy and I want to play this. This was a discussion on the Burns and Gambo show on Thursday, I believe, about DeAndre Ayton. Right. Gambo and right. Espo.
0: We-
1: Oh, Gambo and I here? That's this should be Greg the discussion. The smart Sorry, guy. I don't know what the hell you're doing, <laughs> so, He's just pumping himself up.
2: Right now. <laughs> Did I not get the right sounder here? God, I can't even hear it. So I is a fun guy. <laughs> <laughs> is that what that? Uh, okay. Well, oh, I, I there was a whole discussion about. You're just sitting
1: there yeah, pumping yourself up I, little, I am. Yeah. Look, gonna, I,
2: look, I could do it again there we go. Another one for you there.
1: You know, nope. We didn't hear
0: <laughs> it. <or anything. laughs> there is Here, that no might be reason that both of those things can't be true at the same time. I mean, there, there's, there, there's no reason. There's no reason that they can't. In fact, I'm, I'm reading a tweet from our friend, Greg Esposito, who, you know, used to work for the Suns, covers the Suns, talks about the Suns. used to work for us. Uh, he's kind of,
2: Oh, you just cut it off, man. I, I didn't. I don't know what. To, this is what happens when you get new
0: technology. <laughs> new technology.
2: New technology, and
1: I, you know. But hey, I what
2: did, did get this. What,
1: give me the clip uh, notes. What did they say? Yeah. Whoa. Can you just paraphrase for us?
2: The, the paraphrase they were just saying that you know, th- in agreement that DeAndre Ayton can both be bad offensively and good defensively. But yes, right. Gambo and Esposito. Right. Right. There you go. The Gambo and Espo show. Now I got all sorts of drops here you know, that I can mess with you guys. I, I, so I, I'm trying to play with the new,
1: the,
2: the new equipment here. Yeah. And it obviously doesn't work fully, but you're no, trying look, to
1: tell us you're going to, you're going to leave us for radio. Yes. Yes. The Gambo and Espo show. We'll just take that, Dave Burns. That's cool. That
2: Greg Esposito guy <laughs> is smart. You know? so anyways, uh, the, the point being, look, uh, I get it. People are frustrated, and and I am as well. I people will call me a DA yeah. lover. They're gonna they're gonna g- get on me for it. I'm sure. But look, he has been bad offensively, and I don't know if that's. I don't think it's by design that they've gone away from him offensively. I think it's because that he's just not being aggressive like people are saying i just don't think it also it falls on the defensive end of the floor and both things can be true and if if sun's twitter and and Suns fans in general doesn't you know don't don't realize that that's the problem here you can both things can be true you can be upset with his uh his offense and okay with his defense and there is absolutely nothing wrong with feeling that way
1: I agree. Hey, go ahead, Dave. Uh, yeah, no. So uh, we've been talking about it for weeks, and it, it it didn't change just because of one bad game. I mean, let's let's talk about the fact that Mikkel Bridges also disappeared in that Washington game, and Devin Booker also disappeared in that Washington game. Devin Booker had zero assists. Mikkel Bridges uh, had more fouls than shots uh, in the first half. He, everybody disappeared in that Washington game, and yet. All of Suns fandom was all over D.A., the youngest player in their rotation, the 22-year-old in the rotation. Everyone else is older. Why is it his fault? Plus, the Suns are freaking 7-4, and and they're the best team they've been in in years, and he is a big part of that. No, I don't expect him to be a top option on offense because he's not ready for it, but I just don't expect him to be awful on offense. He needs to get better on offense. He needs to get more decisive. He needs to figure out where he fits, and he will— Figure that out, and I think it's as much as Chris Paul's responsibility as it is DAs. Why are we absolving Chris Paul of of not making him better on offense? He should be he should be spoon fed some things to make I would it easy.
0: I would say this at the bare minimum you need you need this is not even debatable. You need DeAndre Aiden to be a threat on offense. What level of threat, I don't I don't really care. But you need to know that there is a presence inside that they have to account for. And he was for a large part of the, the early games. You know, Every time there would be a pick and roll, he would draw two to the basket because nobody wanted to give up that easy deuce. Now it's starting to kind of fade away a little bit, and he's getting more options and more leeway to score. Now you have to prove that you can score and make yourself a threat because if you don't, then you just become a, a, a good defensive big um, and and that's that's okay, but you need more on offense. You just do. You just do.
1: Hey, Duke is asking the question Would we be a better team with a different person playing there, playing than Aiden? Well, it depends on the player, doesn't it? Uh, if you get an Anthony Davis in there, yeah, the Suns would be a better team. If you get a Jared Allen in there, no, I don't believe the Suns would be a better team.
2: Well, let's talk about it because that premise is obviously coming with probably the thought of do you consider moving DeAndre Ayton at some point and potentially some point this season? Because let's, let's be honest, the Suns, in trading for Chris Paul opened a two year window that they are trying to, uh, trying to win in because there's no guarantee that that Chris Paul stays beyond that. So you have basically started the clock on a window. If you do not feel that DeAndre Ayton is going to develop offensively in that time, do you consider moving him for somebody potentially flawed, still, but more established in who they are and what they can do, both defensively and offensively? Do you consider that at the trade deadline?
0: I know I don't. Do, I know I don't consider Lamarcus Aldridge. Jesus, Jesus. I what know, right? A, a, man, come
1: on, bud. Friends, well, like, are we getting early? Lamarcus would,
2: from ten years ago? Would you take? Oh. Would you
1: take Carl Anthony Towns? That is a good question. Uh, that is that is a very good question. He might need to be moved. He's he's in a, a spirally situation right now. Um, Would you take him? Great on offense, but not good on defense. I mean, I I really think if you're going to be talking about the playoffs, you need to be really good on defense. And Carl Anthony Towns is not. Well, but, but but
0: would Carl Anthony Towns be a better better defensively because of the surrounding cast around him that is good defensively?
1: Potentially, but uh, none of us have seen Carl um, Anthony Towns be that back line anchor I mean, that if, makes if, a defense if, good. If
0: some butts were candy and nuts, then every day would be Christmas. Who cares about this? DeAndre Ayton is not going anywhere. Let's just yeah.
2: say it like that. Well, and in, in a vacuum, sure. Yeah, okay. You could trade DeAndre Ayton for Carl Anthony Towns. The math doesn't work. That's the other problem here. And the benefit of DeAndre Ayton is you're getting a guy that has certain talents that can be – you know, as Chris Paul's calling the anchor that defense at a price that you're not, you're not breaking the bank right now. Like, yes, there's a decision coming up on a contract extension for him, but right now, Cheap enough that you can have him, and you can have Chris Paul's contract, and you can have Devin Booker's contract in there, and that's the other part of this. You can't just, you're not just going to magically jam another max guy in here without gutting the depth that's gotten you here too. So that's why none of this talk makes makes a lot of sense to me in terms right. of, of trading him.
0: Right Plus, now. we're 11 games into the season, and some some players take a little bit longer to adjust than others, and I don't think. We 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 are, you know, breaking any news when we say D.A. has taken a little bit longer to adjust to certain situations than other teammates. Uh, Mikhail Bridges, for example, it came. You could I think that's what frustrates everybody is Mikhail Bridges is right there. Same draft class, a little bit older. Um, but, you know, his his projection is, is steadily rose over the last three years. And D.A.'s is kind of, you know, it's kind of gone up and down. And so th- th- it's frustrating for fans. I mean, this DA is a frustrating player, like that's yeah. not debatable. He's he, he's well, a he of see the talent because, because of the that. expectation, but also what he provides. And so you, he has grown defensively. We got to give him that. He has grown by leaps and bounds from his first year in the NBA to now, like where he is, he is the anchor of that defense. But offensively, you just need more. Uh, I agree.
2: And, and it's not like this is, code, uh, it, 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 that's just the way it is. Dave
1: code JJM says Aiton's problem is his motor and nothing bothers me more than this. Oh my gosh. This, this take nothing personal code JJM, nothing personal. There's a lot of fans who believe the same thing. Just because a person is not moving at hundred miles an hour does not mean he has a motor problem. Yeah. DA has a confidence problem. He has a focus problem. He has a, he has a what-do-I-do-when-I-get-the-ball-here-versus-here-versus-there problem, but he doesn't have a motor problem. He just doesn't want to screw up. I really think – I know Saul disagrees with me, but I really think he is frozen into inactivity when he catches the ball I don't he doesn't it, know what he's doing.
0: I don't think it's focus. I, I, I think that word right there is what throws me off a little bit. I, I agree with everything else you said, but the focus part I don't agree with because I think he knows when to expect all these things to happen. It's just he just doesn't – he doesn't have a plan of attack. And I don't think that's really a focus. It's just confidence, as you said, can lead to a lot of those problems. You know, if you look at the Denver game, you know it, when this motor thing, big guys typically just don't dive on the floor for loose balls. They just don't. it's a it's a it's a it's it's a long fall from the top, right? But he was diving for loose balls in Denver. you know, there was one play in the corner where he dove on the ground and saved the ball and led to a critical three point shot by Booker. like I, I, I too get irritated about the motor thing. I'm like some, you know, if you looked at Akeem Olajuwon, you know his his lack of demeanor. He was very stoic on the court. What he does, he not have a motor. That dude was dropping 40 points on everybody's head. Shut the heck up with that mess. That's that's ridiculous. Yeah, I just,
2: I I don't understand the he doesn't dunk hard argument either. A layup is worth two points too. Like I just I it, it that I get it there's a lot of problems here. We're 11 games in like everybody was just looking for a a scapegoat after a really bad loss. And it was easy to point the fingers there. And, and that's fine. That's going to be the prerogative of some people. Other people aren't, but I think the truth still is in the middle. He's not great offensively. He's good defensively. He needs to grow in both areas that's it's that simple to me and i don't know why it keeps coming back to the same argument over and over and over again about this guy and i think we're destined to go through this until he either steps up or they or he leaves town those are those are the two options that I think change this, uh, for him. Now everybody is down on this Suns team for some uh, for some reason. I get it was a rough stretch right before having to uh, take a break due to the Washington co uh, uh visiting or p- playing the Suns, and, and I get it. Yeah, it's been it's been a difficult a few run for the Suns, but seven and four. They still, you know, in games against the the elite that they've played in the NBA, the, the better teams they have played very well, right?
1: And yeah, the Suns have actually had one of the top ten toughest schedules starting out the season. I mean, really, Detroit and Washington were the first easy ones on the on the slate, and they they crapped the bed over those ones. But um, those were the first easy games that Suns played, even including preseason.
2: Yeah, no. And, you know, it's interesting to me that I think sometimes it's the old, you can't see the forest through the trees, right? You just, you can't see it because you're so close to it. And Suns, uh, us and Suns fans, uh, us as Suns fans have that problem. But when you take a step out, who has been one of the toughest critics of the Suns uh, over the last decade, not named Amin?
0: Uh, That would be one Mr. Bill Simmons.
2: Yes, there has not been a guy that has taken this franchise to the woodshed more often than Bill Simmons, right? And this week he comes out and he has nothing but glowing things to say, saying, quote, I'm not not even going to try to play sound because we saw what a train wreck that was (laughs) earlier, right? So I'm not even going to try to play that. But he says, I love the Suns. I think they're the team to watch, he said, on his Book of Basketball podcast this week one of many nice things i mean there's some there's some very long nice quotes where he talks about how uh, he thought the chris paul trade was a desperation trade but when you watch the first 11 games you see what an impact he's had on this roster like glowing praise from a guy who has done nothing but hate on this franchise we've seen it from a lot of uh, a lot of people nationally that the Suns have been talked about in a very uh, positive manner and a lot of respect being given to them are our sons fans ourselves included too close to this simply be is it simply skewing
1: the perspective of a seven and four start Absolutely. The Sun, Suns fans are too close. It is It is funny. It's like we're in uncharted territory um, as Suns fans. It's like we're so used to a bad team and making excuses for a bad team and the national press hating the Suns and having to be on defense around the Suns all the time. It's we're, That's the world that this this generation of Suns fans is used to. Now all of a sudden the national media loves the Suns and you're watching and you're thinking – I think Suns fans thought a seven and four team, everybody be playing to the max of their abilities. Nobody would be having off games. Uh, everything is is roses and daisies, and we just haven't been around a good team. Good teams actually play bad sometimes too, and good players on on good teams have some bad games. I mean, uh, did you think? Everyone loves Paul George in, in Clipperland all the time. Did you think everyone loves Kawhi Leonard in Clipperland all the time? No, there's there's fans that get all over him too, and, and Suns fans are just not used to this. And so we're freaking out, not sure why the team is still sometimes playing bad, even though they're a good team. And it's definitely an overreaction. Suns fans are harder on the Suns than any other team's fans are on the Suns. It's hilarious
0: i mean yeah I, I think a lot of fan bases feel that way about their own team because they're so invested at least in the NBA is what i've noticed uh and and yeah we've been scarred for, for 10 years you know it's been you know it's been a lot of promise and hope and and then a lot of failed expectations for a lot of these teams and um so i mean i understand suns uh you know the, the suns fans angst when it comes to any hiccups <clears throat> that come along the road but this team, this team seven and four. And Dave, you know, I know we we talked about this in, in our in our text thread yesterday about whether or not we were going to talk about this. But this team seven and four is different from last year's seven and four. It's not a fluke. It it is what it is. They are seven and four. They had some stinkers of some games, like absolutely. But I would rather them have a stinker of a game than lose to a team that has not so much talent and they just aren't as good as them. You know if that makes sense yeah. you know, like last year when they lost to Memphis all those times I was like this team should be so much better than Memphis I don't understand what's going on it's just cuz they just they just weren't now they are now they are for whatever reason I you know Chris Paul adds to the mix but they got a lot of confidence in the bubble and I I feel like this isn't fools gold, gold as much as it was last year
2: look I'm going to as much as I went at the it, Suns fans from time to time uh, because of DA opinions I'm going to defend us as a group when it comes to the way they react to this and the way we, we look at this because, yes, it's nice to be seven and four, but we've seen fools gold before over the last decade. We've seen good runs that get your hopes up and then have them dash by by having eight-game losing streaks and big uh, falling off the cliff or winning 48 games and missing the playoffs because you just weren't good enough to get that extra win. I understand the angst and the anger and the the questioning when it comes to to this group. Yes, is this team at 7 and 4 better than last year's team at 7 and 4? Yes, very much so. But one injury away, and it could wind up going that same route. You hope that the depth would would prevent it from happening, but it could. And I get why Suns fans are so – they have so much energy pent up because of this last decade, and all they want is a winner. You go from being one of the best teams uh, win percentage-wise in NBA history and now all of a sudden – you're one of the bottom feeders and you don't know how to deal with that. You sit there with that for 10 years and you look at this team and you go, this team could be it. You could wind up going back to the Western conference finals if everything falls the right way. So being hypercritical of it is coming from a desire to want to see that so badly. And that's, I I totally, and 100% understand that. I, I am tired of being disappointed by by a Phoenix Suns
1: team that. That's uh, it, you hit the yeah you hit the nail on the head with the uh, expectations going deep in the playoffs. Last year's seven and four start was a hope that the Suns might make the playoffs as an eighth seed. You know even and that seven and four start was on the backs of. Aaron Baines doing something he had never done before Ricky Rubio playing above his head a little bit, even, even Devin Booker in that seven and four start was hitting 50% of his threes was doing everything perfectly the best he'd ever played. Um, it was a little bit, unsustainable. And now this year, the seven and four start has Devin Booker playing poorly, Chris Paul playing, I think, poorly, DA playing poorly, and yet still seven and four. And national media are saying, this is not only a good team, this is a deep playoff team, potentially, because they're built for the playoffs. That's what's so different about this team than prior years. Even that 48 and 34 team, we were just hoping they would qualify for a playoff round and still didn't think they would go deep in the playoffs. This team is actually built for that. So yeah, Dave,
0: I, I, oh, go ahead. I was just
2: gonna say, so Dave, what you're saying is
0: that's why that Greg Esposito's a smart guy,
1: <laughs> right? I'm not gonna echo Gamble. I'll tell you that one. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I, I'll say this. You know, I think this this little break in the week uh, might end up being the best thing that could have happened to the Suns because I think there's there's a part of you that you know you're playing every day. And for 11 straight games, you're playing every other day and you get into this mode. and it, it, there's a part of it that feels like, you know, it's just we're back to normal. Outside of the lack of fans, you know, your daily routines not not too messed up. It's about the same. And now it's taken away. And I think there's something to be said about going out there and, and really relishing the fact that you get to play basketball for a living. You get to do this on a day to day basis. Now that you're holed up at your house, and you and you can't see your teammates, and you can't talk, and you can't talk crap on the court, and you can't play the game that you love. Um, I'm I'm hoping this kind of refocus everybody to to really avoid these Washington type losses, these Sacramento type losses, losses that should not should not come about at all, uh, because this team is too good for that now. And I think now they'll take every game as like these one game sets because you never know if you're even gonna play the next game due to COVID. So,
1: hey, we need to recognize Perplex Damage. I know Saul, you put the uh, yeah. point up on the chat. Thank you very much for your donation, Perplex. We always love being able to buy a few more tacos. Uh, thank you. And, and, uh, yep, if I'll double your donation if the Suns win on MLK Day, that's I just want to see them win. They're supposed to play Memphis, it's supposed to be on national TV. I don't know if the NBA is going to feel any extra pressure. Um, to to uh, because it's a national TV scheduled game to get them out there. Um, I know there is a five-day window that a team is supposed to be doing contract tracing in. If the Suns don't have any positives, it is quite possible they'll play on Monday. Um, if the Suns don't have any, that doesn't mean they won't go positive later. Uh, the Wizards didn't get any positives until after playing the Suns, but we all know they had them. Uh, they just weren't testing positive yet, um, so it, it could be the Suns play on Monday. That doesn't necessarily mean they're completely in the clear, and uh, that would be against Memphis on the road in Memphis. The
2: the Sun Solar Panel. The show where if you donate money, we buy tacos. Uh, I love I love how many random uh, taglines Dave gives us. The joy of having on this show. A reminder, if you like well, to support. What, do you, the what show, do you want me
1: to say that I'm going to motorboat with the money or something? What? I don't
2: know. I just simply echoed what you said. I like that I have that opportunity. (laughs) If you'd like to support the show, hit that join (laughs) button on Facebook, or excuse me, on YouTube. And also you can join via the podcast feed. There's a link in the description of each show that you can join there as well. Become a supporting member of the flaming ballers by doing that. Also uh, just don't forget to leave a five-star review on the podcast where you listen to podcasts as well. We'll have a special reading of a five-star review later in the show. Uh, Final thoughts when it comes to bill Simmons and being positive about the Suns. does it surprise you that the tone of the national media has shifted so vastly in favor uh, of the sons like it has with, uh, uh, with Bill Simmons.
1: It doesn't surprise me because it's Chris Paul and it's Devin Booker. Devin Booker got everybody's attention this past year, uh, made the all-star game. I think he's a shoe in as long as he plays like himself, which he hasn't quite been yet. But as long as he plays like himself, he's going to be in the all-star game again. And Chris Paul is just uh, the king of the of the league pretty much. So I definitely think that um, uh, it it's – that's why the Suns are getting more national recognition. It's not – they love – kind of – it's niche to love Mikel Bridges. It's niche to love Cam Johnson. Um, it's it's uh, more common to be disappointed in DeAndre Ayton than to, than to support him nationally. Um, that's always like, and there's this, and there's that, and there's this. But the the center of it is Devin Booker and Chris Paul, and that's why the Suns are getting this national recognition.
0: Uh, I think the sum of their parts is more consistent and deep. Deeper than they have been in quite a while, and I, I think the national media has picked up on that. I think they're a far more consistent team than they have been in the past, and you can rely on them to um, you know play with effort for the most part and and play and and, and be competitive in a lot of these games. And um, obviously, we've had some outliers. You know, we've had the the Clippers first half, and and obviously against the Wizards, those are the two that really stick out in my mind so far this season. But outside of that, they've played some really good basketball so far. And, um, yeah, I think it's going to be great. Also, I want to go back to something. I know this is kind of off topic. This goes back to the DA non kind of stuff. Uh, But (laughs) somebody said that DA is probably lacking confidence because he's reading Twitter too much and he needs to focus on the game. And that's just an example of conspiracy type crap. DA hasn't even posted on social media since October, especially on Twitter. So come on, stop making stuff up. Let's have but a I, But bit of I do.
1: A- I do think. Look, I, I obviously I don't think Son's Twitter ruined Da. I think that's that's uh, that's feeling too much about yourselves on on being on Twitter and all that. But yes. I will say it's it's foolish to think that he doesn't look at social media, even if he doesn't post. I think he does. All the players do. They all look at their phones after the game and they want to see what's said of them. And only some players actually go after tweeters. Um, and and obviously kd has burners and all that stuff so uh, i do know that these guys are aware of the feeling but i uh, and i know it's ridiculous to think that they'll never be affected Cyberbullying has been around for a long time and Come it's on, been but
0: De-
2: deandre Aiden's game isn't suffering because people are saying mean things online if that happened uh, i'd never do this show because all there is is mean things said about me on
0: the internet. I mean, for real. We started off this show with somebody mocking my forehead. Like, <laughs> Dude, you I'm guys not are not 22 tomorrow? years
1: old anymore. I mean, there what? are some very thin-skinned 22-year-olds on Twitter as well that are not named DeAndre Aiden that can't – Well, maybe I'm
0: thin-skinned. How about that, Dave? How about that? <laughs> I'm clo- I'm closer to 22 than either of you guys. and I,
2: I'm not going to let it impact me. It just – it it's <laughs> – I, I don't know. I like that DA Anon. Maybe we'll maybe we'll pick one conspiracy theory from uh <laughs> from the internet about DeAndre and each yes. week and, and yes. dive into it here Let's on the Sun's solar panel. I, I agree though. Come on. It, like I get it. It, it maybe it impacts it, it hurts his feelings a little bit, but it's not it's not going to tank an NBA player's game. And if it does. There's a bigger problem we have to address right now than than anything we've talked about. If yeah. that's what would be,
0: I'm, uh, not, good, I'm not. I'm not going to make assumptions about what he's doing in his off time to to really validate my my thoughts about his play. I'm just not going to do that. I'm just going to see what it is on the court, and that's that.
2: I love I love that we'll make assumptions about what uh, Devin Booker is doing off the court with a certain a certain girlfriend, but. <laughs> We are not going to make any speculation about what's going on with them. Uh, next, the next thing on the docket, and we'll make this one quick because uh, it's it's not a huge topic. But NBA and NBA Players Association is in in discussion to add another two way contract to the rosters. So some of these teams who wind up with players in the COVID protocol uh, will have enough players to field a roster. Uh, who would be the worst guy the Suns could add right? now that's available onto this roster with that two-way spot.
0: Meta world. The,
2: <laughs> the worst? Jimmer.
0: Meta World <laughs> Peace. Jimmer. I like
2: the Jimmer one <laughs> because Devin would be about to have his first big breakout game and Jimmer would decide to go 0 for 12 from behind the oh my the arc. god. Uh, I actually agree with somebody in the chat, one of the flaming ballers. I think it's Isaiah Thomas because we've seen not, not the hall of famer, the it that was here in Phoenix. We've seen what can happen when a team a Phoenix suns team has some pretty good chemistry and you throw it into the mix. I think that would be a big mistake. And he's actually looking to try to get back in, in the league. There was talk of that this week. So I certainly think he would probably be the Bla- worst,
1: but Blaze suggests <laughs> Jamal Crawford. Yeah. Dude, New- Dude dude went to training camp with the Nets on a 10-day this past spring, and he pulled a hamstring immediately. I mean, that's like one of us joining. Sorry. I'm real sorry, man. But that uh, Jamal Crawford just isn't going to make it again. Richard Dumas. Just, just because he's posting in he's posting in Facebook Suns groups doesn't mean Richard Dumas is ready for the league again either. You know, I'm I'm shocked that no one has thrown Alan Williams out there. Alan Williams is the poster child for two-way contract additions that could make a difference for the
2: Suns. He injured himself in Russia, so not a not a uh I really impossible. hate that.
1: He didn't injure himself. It's not like he took a bat okay. and, and swung it at his own knee. He was Jesus. injured.
2: He was injured in Russia. All right. Sounds <laughs> worse. Oh, it sounds like he went to invade Russia and he's injured now. <laughs> he's playing basketball in a Russian league and hurt his leg, and he is he, he oh, had to have yes. surgery.
1: Rolalde, he actually might have a better jumper than Ronde. Yeah, maybe, but, maybe, <laughs> uh,
0: maybe that's his brother Rolalde. L- R- L- L- L-
1: way- <laughs> you guys, you guys bring up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh god,
2: don't ever make that sound again, Dave. We've had this chat.
1: Oh, That's when you go uh, on the yeah. penalty. We're all dead you guys bring some now. We're we're all we're going nuts now.
2: Hey. To, to go back to the Twitter to the, to the Twitter <laughs> comment and thin skin and Jamal Crawford being mentioned. I said a couple years ago. I, I've seen enough Jamal Crawford. I, I don't need to see any more of him in a son's uniform on Twitter. Right? <laughs> Isaiah Thomas yelled at me on Twitter and immediately unfollowed and and, and muted me. I, like he just like How went you know nuts muted of, you? Or, or blocked me. I believe uh, not muted. Excuse me. Why? Like because they're boys. Jamal Crawford and Isaiah Thomas are boys and he didn't like the fact that I said I'd seen enough of Jamal Crawford in a son's uniform.
0: I got blocked by Kobe Simmons on Twitter because I said that he's not going to last in the league if he can't develop a jumper. Guess what? He's not in the league anymore.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I got blocked by IT years ago when I called him and Gerald Green the chuck wagon coming off the bench. (laughs) Ariel, Ariel in the chat says, Kendall Marshall
2: is the solution. We have our winner. If there is anybody I never want to see on a Suns roster again, it is one Kendall Marshall. And then somebody suggests sign Kendall Jenner as well. Kendall Jenner.
1: Hey, Hey, you can put her in a little uniform.
0: Hey, there's no fans in the stands. If she can sit courtside, I'm okay with that.
2: Hey, look, it it probably gets Devin back in the swing of things. So we're we're all right with that. Hey, you know what? You oh, know what time it is? Uh. It's time for the best segment on the Sun's solar panel. It's time for Espo's big board. That's right. And uh, I'm I'm coming to you to to give you guys some solace this week. I know no sun's basketball, a lot of hate on DA. So this week's is the top five centers to make that were on the Sun's roster at one point to make you feel better
0: about the I, I just want to say, Espo, before we get into this list, and I saw this list obviously before we went up. There is one glaring omission, and I am... Severely disappointed in you that you did not pull this out of your bag, but we'll go. We'll get into that afterwards.
2: All right. Well, I, I look forward to it. Number five, Jake Voskull played, uh, f- started forty-three games in two thousand three, two thousand four, averaged seven point four points, six rebounds, and assist. Yeah. So if you're feeling bad about DeAndre Ayton, you could have this guy starting at center for you as well. And and now he's in his forties, so I think the numbers would be even worse. So number four on the big board, it's a guy we know well, and we saw him on Monday in Washington. Him with the Co-Vizards, mm. it's Robin Lopez in 2010-11. Started 56 games, averaged 70 or 7.2. If he averaged 70, <laughs> yeah.
0: oh, why discussion. is he on this list if he's averaging <laughs> 72
2: points? 7.2 <laughs> points, 3.6 rebounds, and an assist. So yeah, you want to complain? You could always have Rolo back. Good guy, quiet, not as good quiet, of a player for the, the Suns.
0: The quietest 72 points a game you've ever seen. <laughs> you didn't even know it happened. Number
2: three on the happened. list: William Bedford. Number Six pick in the draft. He oh, went wow. uh, in 1986-87, started 18 games, averaged 9 points, 6.4 rebounds, and an assist. So yeah, uh, when you're feeling bad about DA, remember, you could have this guy in the short shorts, rocking it for the Suns as a starting center. This is a trip to the to the not-too-distant past that makes you remember how bad Sun center play was at one point. Number 2 on the list, this is somebody Dave and I remember. Earl Barron! Well. Baron! The, the Baron of Earl, Earl Barron, 2010-11, <laughs> started seven games at average, 4.4 points, 5.4 rebounds, and not even half an assist. So, yep, yeah, you could start Earl Barron. And number one uh, on the list, a man that looks like he should be playing rec league basketball and not being anywhere near the NBA, a ymca for life, it's Danny Shays. He, in 94-95, he started 27 g- games for the Suns, averaged 4.6 points, 3.1 rebounds, and an assist and a half. So remember, when you're feeling down about DeAndre Ayton, we could be starting almost any center from the Suns' past and be in a worse position. So, so who, who are they I missing?
1: Bring, so.
0: uh, do I have this wrong? But Tim Kempton. Uh, oh
2: yeah, I'm, I don't think Kempton ever started games though. I went with guys. Not, not, that not once
0: he didn't start a game. Maybe, no, once.
2: I Timmy, a former uh, you know, to two host with me, yeah. uh, and uh, but is <laughs> look let's just say this yeah, this is hot <laughs> Tim is most remembered for hopping over uh, a, a bunch of chairs on the sideline to save a ball and then stepping in it and getting in the chair folded on him during that okay so, that's true Germaino. hey what about why don't we chat. just
1: why don't we just go with Tom chambers while we're talking about suns broadcasters okay. right now <laughs> uh chambers would today's center he's basically Kristaps Porzingis isn't he yeah, oh, but TC wasn't a center. He was a power forward.
0: At TC, I know, but could, in today's
1: game, play. he could play center.
2: Yeah. yeah, and he would nutmeg somebody uh, with a dunk
0: like he did with Mark Jackson. I he did don't that hate one him one time, and now he's this fantastic dunker.
1: Yeah, fantastic, what? and he was kept rising. It's like he climbed up Mark Jackson's body. Oh, and yeah. did that no, I mean it was like one of the, the greatest the dunks
0: of all time. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. but, I mean it's not like this dude with Sean Kemp out there.
2: Have you guys? <laughs> uh, you guys have watched uh, the Prices Right, right? You remember the yodeling guy climbing the mountain? Mm-hmm. That was T.C. Yeah.
1: He just kept going That's, up, and then he fell down up. to dunk. Exactly. Like, Once he jump. went over Mark's head, then he went back down the other side. Of the- Ooh, Pat, <laughs> Pat
0: Burke, that's a good Fuck one. Pat, Pat Burke, Burke Rob. Poor Pat yes. Burke.
1: He ended up hating uh, uh, being the because he was always the. Uh, uh, they only put him in in the in the blowouts, and everybody cheered, chanted for him to shoot threes. He hated it. Actually, Is years suck. <laughs>
2: Uh, who is it? Corey in the chat says, one of the flaming ballers says, Shays does my taxes. If that is does true, he? I need to know if that's actually true. No, or come on,
0: Corey, tr- for real.
2: Corey, Come is that on. true? Is now yeah, doing your taxes. All right. I'll give you props for that. That's a true Suns fan when you trust one of the worst centers in franchise history with your financial needs. All right. I'm glad <laughs> if that's the truth. So so that is your Espo's big board, the top five centers to make you feel a little bit better about DeAndre Ayton. So
1: Jermaine where, where we, Neil, we had him for a year too.
2: Yeah, Jermaine O'Neal. That was past his usefulness. That was a a special from uh, uh, Lance. Do you you remember Lance Blanks? Yeah, that was the kind of sounding
0: that Lance Blanks would make. Uh,
2: Do we have an imagine this, Saul? Or imagine
0: this. Here we go. Bam. Here we go. Imagine this. We
1: need to put Saul's face in there.
0: (laughs) Probably could. Saul's face on Gene Wilder. Imagine this. All right. What's our imagine this? All right. Imagine this this week. What if? The Suns actually were a top three team in the West. How would you celebrate? How would you celebrate a top three seed in the West if they were to clinch such a thing this year?
2: With a cocktail of tears and vodka, because I know it's not ending in a championship. I
1: I know how Dave would celebrate. (laughs) How would Dave celebrate? You'd be motor-boating. <laughs> <laughs> you motorboating. You're not motorboating no matter what. But uh, no, the if the Suns get a top three C, what I'll celebrate with is taking a few days off of Twitter because the, they'll inevitably lose one of those final games. By 20, uh, won't affect their seed at all, but someone's going to complain that DA still playing bad, so <laughs> that's what I'll, I'll celebrate by this taking a few true. days off of Twitter. Hey, come on, there'll,
2: right. be a, there'll be a Zapruder film breakdown of why DA was the reason that they lost a meaningless game by 20 points. You're right,
1: exactly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and that'll hey, be Duke. the
1: only thing people talk about between the end of the season and the start of the playoffs.
2: Hey, Duke, yeah. coming in hard in the chat. He says he's going to celebrate by going to Hooters with the fellas. Who would have guessed that was going <laughs> to make an appearance in here? <laughs> Oliver perplexed. Damage says Oliver Miller sold me my truck,
0: so we're going. And to- it was repossessed nine months later. <laughs> I feel sorry,
2: perplexed. (laughs) I've got (laughs) to respond to that. What did Richard Grumman
1: tell you? Perplexed.
2: Let me just say this. Maybe you shouldn't be donating as a flaming baller if your truck's is reprogrammed. If you'd like a refund, please reach out.
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe the donation will go into his donation fund. Saul, so, how, so
2: how would uh, how would you celebrate if the Suds were a top three team?
0: Oh, you dude, I would do it like my man Justin Spears did when uh when the Lakers won the championship. I'd have the champagne out and I'd just I just douse myself. That's, <laughs> That's
2: sad that the it's bar is so low in Phoenix <laughs> that Saul's like, I'm going to celebrate like my good Lakers fan did the championship when they're a <laughs> top three we- team in the West going into the
0: playoffs. That's all I got, Espo. Damn, okay? Get- it's been 10 years. <laughs> Give me the goggles.
1: Give <laughs> me the Dom Perignon. distancing <laughs> at home alone. I'm going to throw That's some it. champagne on myself. <laughs> I'll be right <laughs> here on this show.
2: I'd say Saul would shave his
1: head, but he's halfway
2: there already. So you yeah, know. No, I'm not that back. Back. I did that
0: for, I did that for 12 years in the military. I'm never going back. Wait so.
1: oh. halfway there already. Shut up. Esmo, you got, you got lots of hair. So you get to make fun of everybody else.
2: It's going nice and gray too. So we'll have that. You guys can. Yeah, don't talk to me about crap that. Crap about
1: that. Yeah, oh, well, yeah, well, don't talk to so. us about that.
2: You're fifteen years older than me, Dave. It's a it's a all right that you have gray hair. It's not, it's not
1: <laughs> Yeah, oh off. I know it's fine.
2: Silver like, box. So- so let's uh, let's wrap this up. I did tease earlier. We're gonna we do appreciate it when you leave us a five star review on the podcast. It helps us with whatever those algorithms are. Look, I don't understand analytics uh, very much. I understand algorithms even less. But I do know that giving us a five star review helps us with the algorithms in the podcast. And we got mm-hmm. a great one from Dash ZNT on uh, on Apple Podcasts. He says, "Great stuff! Awesome podcast. Always great content." and always super entertaining. Fellas, keep it up and appreciate all you do. Five star reviews. So thank hey, you. Thank yeah, you. Uh, and uh, you know, I you know our old friend Tim Tompkins used to send swag out to people when they uh when they got a mention on the show. I don't have the time for that. So virtual high five to anybody that leaves a five star review. We we appreciate you very much. And if Tim's bored and listening, he can send you something because I think he still has boxes of stuff sitting at his Florida house. So any final thoughts, gentlemen, we'll start with you. Uh the Carmel Thunder from Down Under, self so open.
0: I actually start with Dave. I got to clear my throat.
2: All right. (laughs) He's got to do a Dave King. So Dave, go ahead.
1: What are your final thoughts today? My final thoughts is I really hope the Suns start playing basketball again and we start talking about something other than uh, DA. That'd be great.
2: I think that is a good uh, good thing to wish for
0: <laughs> yeah I, I I I will back that up I just want to see them play on Monday I think uh, Martin Luther King uh, playing on Martin Luther King Day is a, is a very important day especially in this climate right now how this country is and how kind of crazy it's been out there so uh, playing on Martin Luther King Day against the Memphis Grizzlies obviously where Martin Luther King was so uh, I think that would be fantastic. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I hope to see that as well. We won't do picks this week because we don't know what games will be played. And last week, uh, you know, I think I had him 4-0, and Saul 3-1, and and Dave 2-2, and and all we know is COVID won the week, so we all lost last week, so we won't do picks. We'll bring that back once we know they're actually going to play some basketball games. Yeah, that was a
1: death knell. We shouldn't be doing that anymore. (laughs) No no more more picks.
2: I thought we were going to do the one-chip challenge, whoever lost. Now now we don't get that we don't get to watch Dave choke to death
0: on the no because covet takes away your taste buds, and that's it. We wrapped uh, it all uh-huh. up this week.
1: Yeah, that is that no is taste it. for it. Don't
2: you can follow uh Dave at Dave King NBA? The NBA is there because because you know he likes to pretend we actually get to watch basketball, I guess. It is uh, the Carmel Thunder from Down Under, Saul Bookman. You can find him on Twitter, at Saul underscore Bookman. The underscore is there because the Saul and the Bookman are in a lover's quarrel right now, so hopefully they'll get back together next week. You can find me at Espo. You can find the Suns at Suns Solar Panel on Twitter. Uh, you can find us there and interact with the show. So until next time, thanks for listening, thanks for watching, and ahoy hoy.